On today's episode, Mortgage Jake tells us why condos are going to kill it thanks to the new mortgage rules. Find out what he means on today's episode. Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Okay, it's my pleasure to welcome back to the show returning guests. Uh, he's been here many times, I believe now, Jake Abramowitz. Jake is also known as Mortgage Jake. He's a mortgage agent with Mortgage Edge, and uh, he's been in the business for... Jake, how long have you been in the business for? Uh, it's my 15th year this year, actually. 15 years of experience, so definitely knows what he's talking about. Great to have you back on the show, Jake. And we want to talk about these new mortgage rules. What are these new mortgage rules? So I hate the fact, first of all, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to speak to all of your clients and investors. I hate the fact that the, the, the label is so stressful, the stress test, you know. And same thing with last year. It just got everybody up. All of the headlines came out and screaming, stress this, stress that. And it, it does cause a lot of panic and stress in the market. But the reality is the new rules are very simple to understand. First of all, from a qualifying perspective, all that it means is we need to prove to the banks and lenders, if you have 20% down or more, regardless of down payment, you can afford a mortgage that's 2% higher than the mortgage you're getting. Okay? But the easiest way to quantify that from an income perspective, because mortgages are based mostly on income, is prior to the changes uh, on December 31st, you can borrow up to seven times your income. After the changes come, it will be closer to five times your income. And from that, we can extrapolate some further numbers based on how many properties you own, how they carry, and what have you. But the bottom line is it's a five times income metric moving forward with all of the mortgages with 20% down or more. And remember last year we had the original stress test, 5% to 19.99% buyers. They're already stress tested all year, so they're already at five times income. It's now the new crop of buyers, the 20% down or more buyers, that will be at five times income as well. That's right. From the makers of stress test one comes stress test two, the revenge. (laughs) It's like a movie trailer. A lot of harm, right? I mean, the market did great, as we talked about on an earlier podcast up until um, April. And still, the condo market's been doing fantastic. And, And once again, Andrew, I turn to the fact that, you know, you're you're a prime player in this space. Condos are going to kill, I believe, because of this test. Because if you can only borrow five times income, that means you can borrow less money. If you can borrow less money, you walk down the property ladder. You look at a two-bedroom condo versus a two-bedroom home, for example. Um, so I truly believe condos will be, a two-bedroom condo will be like printing gold bars in your house. Long term, of course, right? Now, a lot of your, your readers and your listeners may say to themselves and to me, I don't want to go to seven times income. And that's a very valid point. I see that all the time. Why would anyone want to even get to that point? You know, there are a lot of couples or or single buyers or or situations and deals that I see where we are, we have a true income of that's closer to four times, but we can't use some of it. For example, some basement apartments, we can't use the income from some people have a part-time job. That's simply not, you know, we can't qualify with the lender. Some people have parents that are kicking some money in. There are many, many ways that people are making money in the city. They're very creative. Uh, some Uber drivers, for example, some side, you know, side hustles. So I'm not saying to anybody, hey, you should borrow the maximum you can and you know, go crazy into debt. I'm just saying these are the rules that we have. 
here's how to get around them, and here's what's going to happen. I, again, firmly believe a condo investment is one of the best opportunities in this market because of so many buyers being pushed into that space. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just to be clear, everyone listening, I did not prep Jake. I did not tell him to say that <laughs> for all the condo investors out there. But yeah, but no, it's, it is a reality. And that's something I've been telling people as well, that um, it, as you said, a great analogy, the property ladder, right? The property ladder, you move up the ladder. So what the government is basically doing is taking a big hammer and boom, everybody gets knocked down a couple la- notches, but you're still on the ladder. Uh, you know, this people still want to buy something. People still have to live somewhere. Uh, basically, the government has just, you know, they can't touch interest rates. They can't actually touch uh, property prices. This is not communism. So what can they do? Uh, they basically limit how much you can buy and how much you can borrow, I should say. Um and that is going to push everyone down the ladder. So it puts more pressure at the bottom of the ladder and it takes pressure off the top of the ladder, doesn't it? Absolutely. You know, the luxury house market, two, two million, three million plus, when I do those kinds of deals for buyers, those people are so well qualified to begin with. So, you know, the two, two to three million plus property range, condo and house, will not be affected by this. But that $400,000 starter condo, Will now, will now be such an attractive entry point for your investor, for your first-time buyer, for your parents who wants to have you know a pied-à-terre downtown who lives up in Richmond Hill, for example. Right? We can think of three different people that will be competing for that right away. And with rent, like you said, where are people going to live? Well, what's the option? You either buy or you rent. And we all know, based on the stats coming out, with rents being so high in the city already, that the idea to buy is such an attractive entry point but we are now going to be seeing so much more competition in the condo space, especially, you know, the three to seven fifty range, because families are going to seek some form of shelter that, you know, at these mortgage rates, half of your payment is going to principal. So you're really aggressively paying down your mortgage. So this is, I'm seeing this as an opportunity for people because they're saying, I'm, I'm saying to them, look, you're going to buy something. You're going to pay your mortgage down in 20 to 25 years. You'll get out of that ASAP, you'll build equity, you'll get to invest that equity elsewhere, but at least get in there and start paying that down before, you know, before the prices in this segment kind of run out away from you. Do you think that these changes could lead to declining prices in any segment of the market? Obviously, I'm thinking of detached, low-rise housing. Do you think, could, do you see, do you predict a scenario where prices come down because of these, this mortgage change? Well, I believe... And this is, I'm, I'm putting on my realtor cap for the record. I, I'm not a real estate agent. I, I don't have a license, but I, I track the market. I look at it. Uh, I believe firmly that anything in the city, anything that's got a, a reasonable access to subway, to transportation, schools, et cetera, all the amenities that we want, will do decent. I'm not predicting a growth and I'm not predicting a fall. Let's call it a, maybe a potential flat growth, let's say. There are up and coming neighborhoods such as Mimico, for example, that I believe will do well because as people get priced out of the very pricey downtown condo market, they still want accessibility to the city. So they'll buy something that's in the kind of secondary zone. So those I think will do well. I don't, I'm not so confident on you know, the further reaches of 905, for example, in the less well-established neighborhoods, in the detached homes that have had such an incredible run-up 
where certainly there's a bit of a, a little bit of a break. Um, but I, I don't expect if your affordability or qualifying rule goes down by 20%, a common argument that I've been seeing online is, well, guess what? Prices have to fall in line, right? No, not necessarily, because prices will also be dictated by supply. And if there will be less people that can qualify to move up, that means there will be less people selling. That means the supply will be still limited for people to buy in. So I, I feel if you have a, a single-family detached home between 750 or even closer to a million, maybe that's the property that will have the biggest impact since people can't reach up that high potentially. But I'm not expecting a correlation between qualifying at 20% down to prices at 20% down. And as we've seen already, prices have normalized since April. The market has truly normalized it. A lot of the bank economists are calling it a, a real balanced market. And that's healthy for everybody. I'm sure you, Andrew, if you're, if you're reselling a resale property, I'm sure you prefer having maybe one or two offers rather than 15 to 20. It's a lot less stress for everybody, right? So it's, it's um, you know, things will be normalized and things will be, will get back to normal once the lenders kind of figure out ways around these stress tests. And, and I want to bring that up for a sec. There are, you know, there are a few ways that you can avoid being stressed out, I guess, if you will. So you can put down less money and still qualify at an easier method. And I'll explain that to you later. Uh, but there, there are, that's, that's option one. You can get your parents involved whether they provide you with more down payment, whether they provide you with some income to help you qualify. You can also co-buy with somebody. Co-buying is a trend that's coming up more and more where it's not necessarily a couple buying, but it's two people that are interested in buying a property. So there's always going to be innovative ways to get into the market as long as you're willing to, you know, sit down with us and listen and discuss. Yeah, so you teased us a bit there. So let's, let's hear it. What do you, what do you mean by putting down less money? Cause this, these new rules and this, we're just in unprecedented times, aren't we? Where there are now scenarios where the less qualified you are, the more of a risk you are financially, the better the rate you get on your mortgage. It's just crazy times we live in, isn't it? Very, it's very odd. It's very difficult for me to explain to a first time buyer sitting at the table with them. And I, and I approach them with, you know, the discussion of, how much money do you have down? What's your down payment? And a lot of the times, the very the people should be very proud of how much they save in, in such an expensive city. So they'll say, you know, I've got 20%. I've got 100 grand saved for a 500K place. Okay. Well, then I have to explain to them that if they put down, instead of 20%, if they put down 10%, it is easier for them to qualify for a mortgage because the old stress test is easier than the new one. And they're going to get a basis, a difference of around 30 to 50 basis points. So per point percent. So 30 basis points equals 0.3% to 0.5% better on their interest rate. And then they look at me like I'm, I'm an alien. And I explain to them, it's very simple. Like you said, it's all about risk. The less you put down, you may think you're more risky, but you're not. Because the lenders and banks can sell your mortgage to CMHC, the mortgage insurance company, and literally give none of their funds out. They'll lend you the money. If you don't pay the mortgage, they go to CMHC, get their money back in whole or in part. Well, that creates a no-risk lending atmosphere for the lenders. But as soon as you have 20, 30, 40% down, usually the banks have to give their own money out. And now you're a lot more risky because that's, they got no, there's no way of getting that money back if you don't pay. You got to take your power of sale, worst case scenarios. So it's very, our lending standards right now are kind of toppled on their head. 
So if a client wants to take a five-year fix at 20% down, they have to qualify at 5.39 today. They want to take a five-year fix at 10% down, they qualify at 4.94. That's around a 35, 40 basis point spread in qualifying, and that may equal more money that you can borrow. I still can't really explain this without laughing, but this is the truth. This is our lending situation right now. And, and that's, that's how I'm saying, if you put down less, you'll get a better rate and you may be able to qualify for more. Crazy. Now, as, as, I mean, that's the only way to describe it. It's just so wacky, but as, um, as condo investors, uh, people buying rental properties, um, is there a way, because we have to put down 20% as investors, um, is there any creative and legal ways to take advantage of what you just described and somehow put down less money to get a lower rate? It's, it's, it's very, it will be very, very difficult. And investors moving forward will definitely need to shop their stuff around with multiple banks. As a lot of banks are now clamping down on how many properties one can own, you know, sometimes they have five, 10, 15 door limits. There are still lenders and banks that are offering very good rates that don't have any limits uh, that I work with. But there isn't any way of putting down less, unfortunately, as an investor. Uh, it's, it's 20% down minimum across the board. You know, sure, you could do 10% down with a private 10% second mortgage. But it just really doesn't make any sense. 20% is gonna is what your investors will want to have as a minimum down payment. That can be drawn from corporate savings, especially with the tax changes that were kind of rolled back by the federal finance minister. We're now back to using passive income. That could be from home equity lines of credit, for example, that a lot of investors are tapping into. And you should get those qualified ASAP before the stress test comes in so you can have as much home equity line available for future investment. But there is no way of doing less than 20 down on investment properties, unless you live in one of the units in the property, right? Then you could do five or 10% down. Interesting. Better back that up and, and expand on that. Why should uh, real estate investors be in a hurry to refinance their properties or get home equity loans on their properties? Well, it's simple. Once the, again, once the rules come in, this, we're gonna be able to borrow less. And if you can borrow less, you can get less of a line of credit limit based on your property. So it's best to examine your options before lenders become more conservative starting in January. And the truth is that the OSFI, they're called OSFI B20 guidelines that have just come out. If anyone wants to Google them in full, that's, that's the term you'll search. They say it has to be implemented by no later than January 1st, but the word on the street is a lot of the banks are already preparing to do so much sooner. So if you're thinking, if you're sitting on a home that's worth a million, you got a mortgage of 300, you've got a great job, you've got some, some savings, some RSPs, and you're thinking of starting to get in the market, or you already own a few condos and you see an opportunity with Andrew, you want to buy more property, and it's going to be pre-construction stuff, and you'll need some money for down payments down the road. Right now, you could borrow up to 80% against the value of your home. So we're sitting on, in this case, 500K available investable assets. Um, if that number keeps coming down as rates potentially rise and it becomes more and more difficult to get home equity lines of credit, you may only borrow seven or 600 or 500. As you get knocked down the amount, you'll have less to invest in the future. And truly the most successful investors are those that are always liquid and have cash available because we never know when the next opportunity will strike. 
So if, if, you're in, if your readers and listeners have the idea of starting this or want to continue it, they should really reach out and get a home equity line of credit secured ASAP. And here's the beauty. If you get a home equity line and you don't touch it for six months or a year or three months, you don't pay any interest on what you don't borrow. So the simple fact is it's a nice to have. It's a luxury to have, but it's not something you pay for until you use it. So why not get a line of credit? Why not have it available while it's there for the taking? Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it's a great tool that every investor should have at their disposal. And basically the message here for investors is these new mortgage rule changes, even though they're, everyone's talking about them as mortgage rule changes, they're, they're also affecting you on your refinances, on your home equity, um, any kind of borrowing related to buying a home that's uh, going to affect you. So good to good to uh, be proactive and, and do this now to maximize the you know that uh, that tool that's at your disposal as opposed to waiting for next year and then the tool that you could get you could still refinance you can still have a line of credit next year but it's going to be a lot smaller that that amount that you're going to have access to it'll be smaller and one thing I forgot to mention is if your property value decreases by a small margin again that will affect how much you can qualify for in the future. Now, Andrew, you just touched on something. This doesn't just affect buyers. This affects people who already own. And a lot of your investors, I'm sure, in the next little while will have renewals. So do renewals change? With these new rules, it is the belief of many people, again, uh, that these rules will make renewals more expensive. And the reason is simple. The banks are not, you know, let's call it what it is. They're not stupid. They've got data analytics coming out. And they know exactly every profile of every consumer that they have. So if you're, if you're an investor and you've got five properties and your renewal is coming up with your bank for your properties, you're going to get an offer. And that offer may not be as good as what you have now or what you have available elsewhere. But if it's more difficult for you to renew with another lender, reach out to me. I will tell you what the best available rate would be for somebody like you. And you know what? I'll, I'll tell you, that's a great renewal rate or it isn't. But at least you'll know once you've shopped around for a little bit, because it'll be worth your while to figure out. The banks, on the other hand, they'll know as well how to price your renewal. And the best thing about Canadian mortgage renewals is simple. You don't have to requalify unless you, you know, if you've missed your payments, sure, they may ask you. But if you've been a good customer, you've made all your payments on time, a mortgage renewal is simply a matter of signing a piece of paper, a document that you're extending your contract with that bank or lender. So you'll be, you'll be in total, normal, great shape at renewal time. I just say always shop it around. And if it doesn't make sense for you to leave, I'll give you that advice. And if we can get a better deal, I'll let you know we can get a better deal. Because I don't believe the renewals coming out in the next 12 to 18 months will be very competitively priced. Because the banks will say, I think it'll be hard for this client to move. Let's give him a higher rate than what we would normally give an A customer. So always shop the renewal around. But don't be afraid to staying with your lender if that renewal offer is good. Interesting. That's a great tip there. I'm really, uh, yeah, glad that uh, you put that in as well, there, Jake. Um, Jake, we're almost out of time here. But anything else that you want to add about the uh, the mortgage rules or what's happening in the mortgage market right now? Anything we didn't talk about? No, I just want to say that the banks and lenders that we deal with are they're very creative. Let's just call it what it is right now. They're, they're smart. They're creative. They want the business to continue growing. And the truth is that I expect some lenders and banks to come up with creative ways of getting either around the stress test or making it less stressful for everybody. The fact of the matter is we've had a very long bull cycle in this market. 
and the government keeps an eye out on that, and that's why they're implementing these rules. And, you know, as much as you see the chatter on Twitter and on Facebook, these rules don't make much sense. We've had big rule changes last year. We had another announcement in April from the provincial government. The market was already returning back to normal, and I believe, and a lot of, a lot of others do, that this rule change was a little bit an overreaction. And the superintendent of OSFI did say, you know, we'll monitor these changes. We'll see if maybe we'll roll back some of them if they've gone too far. So mortgages and real estate is a fluid investment. And let's just keep our eye out on the newspapers and the news, speaking to people like yourself, people like me. And we'll give you the kind of, you know, unbiased advice out there what's going on. And just, you know, be proactive. Get refinanced, get your equity ready, and get ready to take advantage of opportunities that I believe will be coming soon. If people want to get a hold of you, Jake, how do they do that? What's the best way? Best way is just reach out to me, mortgagejake at gmail.com. Check me out on Facebook, facebook.com slash mortgagejake. And just give me a call, 416-910-4448. I'm available by text or by call anytime you want to schedule something. I'd love to chat with you about your options and opportunities. Awesome. Great. Thanks, Jake. And we'll have you again on the show soon, I'm sure. I look forward to it. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.